0: Welcome to The Full Life and a really, really insightful, I think, discussion today. We know that as we've talked about, we live in pretty divisive times, pretty isolating times for a lot of people. And one of the most divisive areas I think we can find ourselves in life is on our social media platforms. But before we talk about some of the challenges with social media, we want to start with some positive aspects of social media. And our guest today is definitely using social media for a positive impact. First, I wanna bring in the rest of our panel and here they are. Uh, We have Jenny, I'll start from the bottom today. Started from the bottom and now we're here. Okay, and and Hank, Carolyn, and Karen's back joining us as well and I'll then today we want to talk to our guest Father Frankie Cicero was born in Phoenix Arizona and has been ordained a Catholic priest for 2 years he is currently serving at Queen of Peace Parish in Mesa Arizona He is also the founder of Life Starts Here Ministry, which creates evangelistic content for YouTube, Instagram, and most notably TikTok. And that's how I affectionately know him, because that's how I found Father Frankie first. So I call him the TikTok priest. I know there's a few out there, but I'm thrilled to have him join us today. Please welcome Father Frankie Cicero.
1: Pleasure. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Well, Father, tell me the story of Father Frankie and your testimony.
1: Uh, well, I mean, so I guess I have to, it's really funny. But for me, I actually always have to start from my birth. So I was, people don't know, but I was actually born with a 2% chance of living. So I had a... Uh, an abdominal wall defect where my intestines were actually growing outside of my of my abdomen. So it's called gastroschisis, and so I've had eight uh, actual major surgeries on my intestinal tract. Thanks be to God, like I lived, and it was really cool because actually, when I was five, is when I really kind of had my first real encounter with the Lord, uh, because uh, so I was born at St. Joe's Hospital in Phoenix, Arizona. And they would have what are called like miracle baby uh, barbecues so that all those that had like a 5% chance and below like families and kids could get together to basically just kind of get to know one another. Cause our struggles were very similar. And uh, what happened was I remember I was talking to my mom and I realized like, wait, I wasn't supposed to be here. Like medically speaking, I'm a miracle, which means that the Lord wanted me here. Mm-hmm. And I was super clear. Uh, I remember I, I went to my mom and I said, mom, I know I'm here for some reason, some purpose. I have no idea what it is, but I know I'm here to give the Lord glory in some way. And again, I didn't know what it was, but it was super clear. I was like, I'm just here for the Lord. And I want to give my life entirely to the Lord. Not so much like, oh, priesthood or this or that, those thoughts. It's just like, I want to serve him. I want to love him. And that was basically kind of what happened. And I was all about that up until around senior year of high school. Um, That's when things really kind of took a crazy turn in my own life. I mean, um, I really was saving myself for marriage, no drugs, no alcohol, like nothing. I just wanted to be the Lord's. And uh, basically, uh, my my dad was addicted to to meth and he kicked my mom, my sister out of the house, transferred like all the bills into my name. We were homeless for a little bit. Um, I had to uh, like I basically got two, three jobs. My mom. She's got a, a major back surgery, rods and pins in her back. It's on her hands and knees, starts cleaning floors. And and I'm like, uh, I remember I was so mad at the Lord. And, and I said, I was like, Lord, I've done everything you've asked of me, right? I'm like, I, no drugs, no alcohol. I'm like this good kid, and this is what you offer me? Like, I'm done. I want nothing to do with you. At least I'm like, I want nothing to do with you. And I walked away from my faith, like ran away and I jumped into completely every single thing that the world says brings happiness, you know, and it led me to a life for about, you know, four to five years of uh, just crazy sin, Uh, promiscuity, any drug, any alcohol, alcohol, everything. I want nothing to do with the Lord. Right. It was never like, oh, one foot in the world, one foot within the Lord. It was like, no, I am 100 percent completely all about the world, all about myself. And. That led me basically to a particular bar in Scottsdale, Arizona called Saddle Ranch. So it's a, a rock and roll Western mechanical bull bar um, around 2,500 to 3,000 people every Friday, Saturday night. I mean, crazy. And, uh, it was interesting because as I would be in this bar there, there was like, there was kind of a fame, uh, I mean, drugs and alcohol, the whole party life. It was, I mean, if I was living at like maybe a level eight of my life, it shot up to like a 27 within a second within this type of lifestyle. And, um, I ate it up. I was a kid in a candy store. I was broken, uh, super in pain. And I just, I was trying to constantly medicate. Right. My wound, of like my dad leaving me of really struggling within my own life um, and not wanting to face the reality of, of how painful things were. So I constantly was, you know, uh, you know, medicating with the particular lifestyle and probably around a year and a half of being at the bar. I remember one night uh, I was making drinks. And so when there's like thirty five hundred people like you don't stop like you, your head's in a well and you're just making drinks constantly. If you don't know what you want, sorry. OK, next person. And I remember one night, probably around 1 a.m., I, uh, uh, I, like, just, I, like, stopped. Like, I really, all of a sudden, like, everything got super slow. And, I like, I got, like, kind of pushed back. I was, like, moved back. And I stopped. And everything was super clear and slow. And I saw everyone in front of me. Like, I saw all, like, everyone in front of the bar. I saw the bull going crazy. I looked out on the patio bar. F- nuts. I looked upstairs. Everyone was crazy, packed upstairs. And I thought to myself, I have everything that the world says brings me happiness. Um, I have fame. I mean, it was interesting. People would come up to me and they're like, man, I wish I was you. I wish I had your life. And I'm like, man, you don't even know me. And I'm there and I'm like, I have everything. Right. I have a fame. I have money. I have Drugs, alcohol, lifestyle, uh, girls all around. And yet I'm so broken. I'm so lonely. And I flat out Mm -hmm. who I am. And that was the first moment in probably five or six years that I prayed to the Lord. Mm -hmm. In the bar at 1 a.m. I said, all right, Lord, I'm back. What do you want with my life? And it was from that moment, actually, in the bar that moved me to uh, actually move me back to um, kind of back to the Catholic Church, back to uh, um, our Lord Jesus the gift of confession and I ended up leave, a couple of weeks later put in my two weeks and and I was like, I'm done. and I just basically was like, Lord, I'll do whatever you want. Like I'll do whatever you want. And uh, I never thought about priesthood ever in my life, yeah. ever. Um, it was just like I knew it was a reality but never even thought about it. Um, and as I was, I was kind of praying every single day, I was like, Lord, you want me to be married? Cool. You want me to be a priest? Cool. Whatever you want. I'll do whatever you want. And every single day I would um, basically I would um, pray before the blessed sacrament, the body, blood, soul and divinity of Jesus Christ and uh, the Eucharist. And I just sit in adoration and pray um, three, four, even five hours. It was cool because I wasn't working and I was able to have enough money saved up. And so I just would go to the gym and go to church. That's it. And I just had this experience of where like, I kind of really felt the Lord was calling me to priesthood. And like, I started crying like Holy spirit hit and I knew, but I didn't say anything. I'll never forget. I walked into the chapel and I get on my knees and I'm crying right before our Lord. And I'm like, Lord, I know you've called me to be your priest, but is there any way like you're so loving and good? Is there any way you can give me a physical sign? So I had my Bible in my hand. I closed my eyes and I opened up my Bible. Open my eyes look down. First words I saw were follow me, Matthew nine, nine, Matthew's called the priesthood. And I actually wrote in my Bible, which I still have August 8th, 2009 confirmation of the priesthood and within less than a year, I was off to seminary in Denver, Colorado. So and that was almost 11 years ago. So yeah, praise the Lord.
2: Well, you know, I have to say, I love your videos I, and, you. and I got so excited because I've got so many friends that have like, um, you know, younger teenage girls mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so I um, I was sending it off to my friends and saying, you've got to watch this guy. And they were like, oh, we love him. And they were sending it to their daughters and they were just saying, it's so relatable, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but you. I'm sure even though there's so many of us that love it out there, I'm sure you've had some that are a priest on social media, oh, sure. you know, on TikTok, you know, yes. what's this about. But what prompted you to start on social media?
1: I was actually telling, uh, talking to Joseph a little before. Uh, so I literally said to people, I was like, I will never do this. I will never be making videos and be on social media. Cause I was off social media for probably five or six years. I wanted nothing to do with it. Um, Cause I really recognized that I was on social media for me back then. Mm-hmm. Like it was just for me, you know, and it wasn't for promoting the Lord. It was actually for promoting myself and it was really unhealthy. And yeah. what happened was as, um, so I started the ministry of life starts here and and I, it basically is an evangelistic ministry. Like, I just want everyone to know Jesus, like everyone, mm-hmm. right? Because listen, without Jesus, people be dying. And mm-hmm. I want every single human person to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I realized that as a, as, a, as a Catholic priest, I have an ability of being able to, to proclaim the gospel just within my life. Mm-hmm. But what happened was I started realizing, like, well, I'm not going to be able to reach a ton of people if I'm just preaching to the people in my pew, in, the, in my parish. I was like, well, how can I? be able to utilize, um, kind of technology in a way that's going to allow me to reach more people. And uh, what was interesting was the Lord was already starting to move me in this direction. Even though I told the Lord, I'm not going to do it. Like I was like, it's never going to happen. Um, and it was funny. So I'll share a quick little story with you about, I was about January, beginning of January of this year. Uh, I literally couldn't sleep. And I got, like, woken up by the Lord, and the Lord was super clear. He was like, go on Google, type in Christian media platforms. I was like, oh, okay. So, I Google Christian media platforms. First thing that pops up, Subsplash. And I'm like, I have no idea what Subsplash is. Right? I'm like, okay, whatever. And it's actually a Christian-based app platform that assists you to create an app. And I realized, like, this is actually – Right, an app that like Bethel and a lot of different beautiful, awesome churches use for the sake of like growing community and growing like their ability to preach, proclaim the good news. So I called them like the next day, right? And they were like kind of telling me about it. The Lord's like, go for it. They actually tithed right into my ministry. Um, they gave me, I think, 75% off immediately. Like it was a huge grace and gift. And I was like, All right, Lord, I guess we're doing this. And then All of a sudden, it was like, well, what about Facebook? What about Instagram? And I was like, okay, all right. You know, Lord, that's what you want. And I was still doing live events. So the ministry was basically we'd have about three to four live events. We're on six-week courses, basically, where we meet once a week. Mm -hmm. And what happened was as I was slowly starting to kind of begin to build an app and slowly begin to move on Instagram and, and Facebook, COVID hit. And I realized I'm like, and it was in the middle actually of, of a, an actual uh, course. So I was like, I need to finish the course. Um, I'm like, how am I going to do this? And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it Lord. Like, let's go for it. And I began to realize like, wait, um, I'm reaching a lot more people. Wow. And I started to really recognize really quickly. The Lord's like, I want you to do this. I want you to like, go for it. And, And so I was um, I was always about maybe 60 percent in like I still was like 60 percent. I didn't want to do it all. And as COVID hit, I realized I'm like, you know what? I'm like, salvation don't stop because COVID hit. Jesus still wants to be touching souls and he still wants people to be fed. And I'm like, I can't feed my people in the normal way. So how am I going to feed them? I need to get creative. And that's what happened. Like the ministry, the Lord's like, you got to get creative. Um, And so when I was already producing like the app, it wasn't finished yet. I was like, here it is. I'm going to utilize my social media platforms to then move people to the reality of my app, right? Cause that's where I'm going to really more feed more people and really assist them and grow in the spiritual life and the Christian life. And the TikTok, I like, yeah, I like watched a few videos of TikTok. I'm like, no way. Again, I say no way a lot. And the Lord's like, whatever. Um, he loves to laugh with me. And cause I was like, this is, doesn't make much sense. And it's like for young kids and I'll be honest. Uh, I realized really quickly, I'm like, well, if I just have a niche and I just stick with that, and I was like, you're telling me I could post a video and a million people could possibly see it? You know, long that would take me to preach to a million people? And you're telling me in like one day you can have a video that reaches a million people? I was like, I'm done. Done. And I like went for it uh, about five weeks ago. Um, in prayer, the Lord really was like, I want you to do one to three TikToks every single day. Mm. Um, I ask him what to do. I like literally pray before I ever, before I release them, if he wants me to do it, what time to do it? Um, Am I supposed to put them on different social media platforms? Um, So yeah, like that's what happened. It was just like my people need to be fed and the gospel is not chained and salvation doesn't stop because COVID shut down our doors or churches are closed. Um, And I recognize really quickly that uh, this is, I think, honestly, for me personally, this is the way the Lord's asking me and this ministry to fulfill the great commission.
3: I was going to ask what, is, um, what are some of the overall themes or, or big goals that you have in posting these videos, um,
1: but I think you kind of already answered it, but I don't know if there's cool. anything you want to add to that. Yeah. So it's interesting. So I have two goals when I'm dealing with TikTok, right? So, so each social media platform has a different, I have a different goal with it. So every goal, like the, all the goals of the different social media platforms are moving towards the one goal of getting them basically to the app. Right. Because okay. the app is where I'm really posting a lot more content from sermons to homilies to mm-hmm. um, videos. I actually have video courses that people are able to sign up for of uh, mm-hmm. that kind. So it, it's more of kind of like the this is where you're going to get fed more. But um, TikTok is basically I'm going to give you a piece of bread. Um, it's an eight to 15 second culture. And what I'm doing is I take two videos. I do one video is basically to draw people in Right, I'm giving them a piece of bread. They're going to cry the bread. Right. Um, and then I'm also gonna have videos that are gonna have a little bit more content to them in the sense of they might feed you a little bit, but still it's not a lot. And the whole goal is I basically I I doorbell ditch people. That's what I do. I like ring and knock on the door of their hearts and I run away. And then if they open the door, Jesus remains. That's mm-hmm. it. I'm not here to make myself famous. I'm here to make Jesus TikTok famous. And what I'd be doing yes. is I'd be knocking on hearts mm-hmm. and I'd be running away. That's it. And, and that's it. And if people open up, praise the Lord, the Lord's right there. It, it has an ability to touch and affect them. They might hit follow. They might like. Um, but here's this moment in the day where like they might not have expected it. Right. Maybe like the Jesus loves you or they see a caller and, and, or, or just a particular word or something like laughing. I mean, honestly, I just want to give people joy because like it's the gospel is actually joy filled. And even in the midst of difficulty and suffering right now, we still can laugh. Yeah. We still can be joy-filled. And so, yeah, so that's kind of the, the, the mission of TikTok is it's really to kind of knock on hearts um and to give them a small piece uh, that will then hopefully, in God's goodness, lead them to wanting more. And then I can lead them to other platforms that I have that have, like, more content and more content on them for the sake of feeding them, uh, ultimately, like, forever. Mm-hmm. I
4: love the ding, ding, uh, doorbell.
1: Ding, <laughs> yeah, about, ding, dong, ding, dong, ding, doorbell, ding, doorbell.
4: I yeah. did that as a kid. I was the ding-dong, yeah. Corbell did. Yeah.
1: And that's that's the whole point, right? I mean, because the reality is the Lord says, right, I knock on the door of your heart and if you open, I'm coming in and I'm I trying to facilitate an encounter. That's it. I'm trying to facilitate an encounter that the Lord has an opportunity, right, where they might open and the Lord's there, you know, yeah. and honestly, I have seen the Lord transform hearts in a second.
4: That's why God has promoted you because the word of God tells us very clearly mm-hmm. to allow God you know, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he yeah. will lift you up. And so we're seeing that in your life. Um, I love that you said, Holy Spirit, talk to me. And I think so many Go people ahead. worry about the details without mm-hmm. just going to that place of surrender where you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. It's like yeah. when Moses was told to build the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. So God yeah. gave him specific yeah. instructions. And it wasn't law. It wasn't yeah. "Oh, you got to do this. But I'm going to help you do yeah. something yeah. you don't know how to do. And I love yeah. that. I
1: yeah. want to make
4: that you said just because the doors are closed doesn't mean the gospel has stopped yeah i I have been preaching on sunday we got so many preachers that are grumpy Mm -hmm. right now going you know the the world is against the church no it's not there's never been a greater time to share the gospel than right now i
1: think like i think honestly so one of the most beautiful scriptures right was when our Lord Jesus says, right, that um, that uh, Peter, upon this rock I shall build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, and what happens is sometimes people think the church is on the, like, defensive
4: yeah. like, I'm sorry,
1: like, we're actually on the offensive and yeah. I think in our world today, we've actually lost ground in the kingdom of God right, if you look yeah. at kind of the lives of the apostles and the ways in which they moved, like, we kind of have lost ground, and the Lord's like, uh-uh you're not on the defensive, like you have the spirit of the living God living in and through you in my body, move like and when you move in and through me, sorry, the gates of hell shall never prevail against you because yes. listen, we're on the defensive, we're on the yes. offensive, and I think yes. that yes. the really important time for yeah. us as as Christians as the body of Christ to actually begin yeah. to move um, yeah. into areas of greater creativity. I mean, listen, we serve a God who's creative. Yeah. Um, we are we are a part of that creativity, and we can enter into that, but. The, the mindset should never be on the defensive. We're not here to respond. We're here to give answers. Like, I'm not. here. Here's the truth. You know what I mean? Like, that's what we're doing. I ain't here to be sitting down, going yeah. backwards. Like, I'm going forward. My papa's moving. I want to be with him. We still live in a society that doesn't really know the Lord. Yeah. I, mean, I think you have people who are baptized, uh, who, who like maybe are actually Christian, right? But they don't proclaim it. They don't live it. They might not even know the Lord. Or they might know facts. But don't have a relationship. And um, that's like what, what we're doing. I mean, that's that's what the new evangelization really is all about. It, it's I think I was telling Joseph, like, listen, we're not even in a, a, an evangelistic place right now. We have to kind of pre evangelize people again. You know, um, yeah. you know, the people are out there. They're not in my peers right now. You know, they're out there. I got to go with them. You know, that's yeah. what I got to go do. And 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 if, if they're mm-hmm. going to be on TikTok, if they're going to be on Facebook and Instagram, if they're going to be on their phones. Right. I mean, it's like over three hours a day. People are on apps. If that's where they're going to be. Well, that's where i got going to preach the off. gospel. Yeah. Right. I mean, St. Paul says it super clearly. He's like, listen, how are you going to believe if you can't hear? Well, how are you going to hear if no one preaches? Preach right. How can you preach? being We got to move. So. I think it's a huge gift and grace for us. The Lord challenges us like, hey, um, I can do these things. Amen. The Lord can move sovereignly. But the fact is, the Lord chose to establish a church, his body, that he moves in and through. And so a lot of times people can be like, why isn't God doing this? Well, why didn't God do this? Well, maybe because we didn't do it. That's what's on my heart. That's my fire in my heart. I'm like, man, I, I, like people need Jesus. And uh, I'm not going to be reaching people. And just because things are pulled back doesn't mean like this is – I'm honestly – I think this is one of the most beautiful and amazing times in the gift of the church where we have an opportunity to, because people are hurting, people are suffering, people are looking for answers. Right? Yeah. People don't know what's going on. People are struggling the end of the world. Is this, who's this? Yeah. I got answers for you. I got answers. now. I have a person I want you to know, and he's going to be able to take care of everything for you.
4: What has been the feedback then that you, you've received from people on this? Have they yeah. been taking the bait? You know, you've been casting your yeah. nose on their side. And what have they been saying? How have they been responding?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You get a mix back. I would say probably around 85% of people are um, extremely receptive and so grateful. Um, you have a ton of people who you respond. They're like, you know, or I was raised Catholic, but I fell away from the church. Uh, thank you so much. Like You're bringing me joy today. Or, um, hey, I follow you. I don't even believe in the Lord, but I follow you. Thank you so much for your positivity. Um, or you have people that, um, like, you're restoring my faith in the priesthood. You're restoring my faith in the church once again. Or you are the closest thing to prayer and to Jesus that I have right now. Thank you so much. So it's really beautiful to experience. Because again, I didn't actually think you would be that effective. You know, I mean, I was kind of like, no never doing this. And people are, are actually experiencing the Lord. Um, people have really been hungry and wanting more. And so that's kind of been really beautiful to see that I can actually now lead them more to the app. I mean, there's been thousands of downloads on the app that people are responding like, thank you so much. Or this homily you just put out or this video you just put out. Thank you so much. It's been touching my life. And then you have people who troll, which is hilarious, actually. And here's the thing. Um, there are people in the church throughout history that have not lived the gospel properly. Absolutely. There's a reality that Mm -hmm. um, people in the church have misrepresented who our Papa is. Mm -hmm. And when people are mad at the church technically, or they're mad at the Lord, they're not mad at the Lord. They're not mad at the the church. They are mad at the one who misrepresented the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. And, and I recognize that a lot of people who are broken and hurting probably might have valid reasons. Mm-hmm. Now, they're taking it out upon me because I'm just an image of like the church in that way. Um, but it's actually a moment for me to really kind of try to love on them, right? Say, hey, I'm sorry. I, hey, I love you. I'm praying for you. They still might come back and you get pedophile comments and you're like, you know, you get like, oh, you know, you hide in altar boys. And it's true. Like you get some ho- horrible comments. I mean, I've had like, you're the devil, you're Satan, you're this and that, you know? And I'm like, hey, praise the Lord. You know, I I, I remember as it says within the gospel, the Lord's like, hey, blessed are you when they yeah. they- utter every false pretense against you for my name right yeah. like you know, rejoice and then i think one of the hardest things if i'm being honest with you man i get judged so much by my christian brothers and sisters like they be mean
5: I'm yeah. like,
1: what, why, why do i have an atheist who's like so grateful and yet you have a who's like how dare you You know, like you shouldn't be on here, you know, or like, um, the Catholic church is this Catholic church is this, like, there's never any questions, right? It's just like, you're this, you're that you're this, how dare you? You don't even know what you're talking about. You're this, like, you know, um, you have no reverence, you have no relationship with the Lord. And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. you don't even know me. Aren't we trying for the sake of everyone being able to know the Lord? Like, I always say this anytime you make the Christian life about a competition, no one wins.
5: No
4: one, wins. no one wins. Oh good. No one wins. Wow. No one wins. Say that again. Say that again. Every um,
1: <laughs> time you make a Christian life about a competition, no one wins.
5: Gosh, sure. take that home. You're wrong, wrong.
1: here, you're wrong there. No, that's not true. Listen, I'm not good. listen, I ain't trying to win here. I'm just trying to proclaim the reality of Jesus Christ oh, no. and you get to know him on a personal level. Because yeah. listen, you might know things about Jesus, yeah, but that doesn't mean you know him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting, it says in scripture, um, Lord talks about right, like in Matthew's gospel, kind of false discipleship of these these disciples who who knew the Lord, right? And and they would do crazy, they cast out demons, and they did signs and wonders, and healed in His name. And uh, it's interesting, the Lord actually says, like, you know, I never knew you, mm-hmm. you know. And and what's interesting is it's it's actually more important for the Lord to know us than for us to know Him. Mm-hmm. And the reality is to truly know the Lord for him to know us fully, we have to have an authentic relationship, you know, and our relationship isn't about facts,
4: yeah.
1: right? It's not about whether like I can know Michael Jordan and I can know facts about Michael Jordan and LeBron James and how, hot, how tall they are, how many rings they have, but I don't know his heart. I do not know his desires. I do not know what he longs to be able to do within his life. Yet that's not, that's the relationship that Jesus Christ is asking of us. He wants a personal relationship. He wants to know us right and he wants us to know him and so if we just reduce the christian life to being right man we have completely missed everything and we're in jeopardy of receiving the salvation that jesus christ won for us on the cross
0: one of your videos had the uh, i'm quoting rules without relationship equals and
1: i'll let you finish the sentence a lot of times people will have this comment about like the church sometimes you know where they are like it's just about rules and like you know thou shall not and you can't do this you can't do that and i think what people misunderstand is like so okay um, if you're in a relationship with somebody, right? So uh, Hank, right? So Hank, this one's for you, right? So if you're in a relationship with, say, right, someone in, 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 you know, is it more loving for you to make the person guess how you want to be loved? Or is it more loving to tell the person how you want to be loved? What do you think?
3: Oh, it's always more loving if you can actually talk to the person and tell them.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. So think about this. The Lord, desires a relationship with us. And the fact is this relationship actually grants us the gift of salvation, right? Because I mean, without Jesus, we ain't being saved. We we can't experience the gift of salvation and the Lord knows this. So why would the Lord want to make us guess on how this relationship works? And so the Lord in his goodness actually revealed to man how this relationship works. So the 10 commandments and um, the ways in which the traditions of the church and the ways in which God has like established, like how we live, is not for the sake of slavery, it's for the sake of relationship. It's like, hey, like this is how I wanna be loved. This is how this relationship works. I love you enough to tell you how I wanna be loved instead of you trying to figure out Almighty God's mind and my heart. And and by the way, if you get it wrong, you might not experience my salvation. Uh Uh-uh, we have a loving Papa who wants us to know how this relationship works. So when we look at rules, right? And thou shalt not apart from relationship, well then yeah, it's just slavery right? Flat out. I mean, because it's just about doing things right. And if I don't do things right, then I'm going to get punished, which means I serve a master, which means I'm just a slave. And that's not the Christian life. That's why people are like, I don't want to be part of the church. I want to do whatever I want to do. And, you know, I'm going to go follow something else because they're just oppressing me. We ain't here to oppress you. We're here to set you free. It's the whole gospel. I mean, it's funny. I'll I'll be dealing with couples all the time and I'll be talking to guys and, and girls and I'm like, listen, he can't read your mind. She can't read your mind. Like, if you don't talk to them and let them know what's going on, then you're never going to be able to love them properly. The Lord's like, I'm not here to let you read my mind. You're not going to be able to. Why? Because my thoughts are way higher than your thoughts. Right. So, again, rules apart from relationship is always and forever will be slavery.
5: I just have to say you are a breath of fresh air. I receive that. Thank you. I am so excited about this Thank whole you. conversation. Um so I, I have a twofold question. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I want you to talk to this um, girl that was raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. My father's Catholic, my mother was raised Episcopalian which is kind of like a hand in a glove mm-hmm. that got saved in an R.W. Schambach crusade in Germany. By her grandmother, who when she came to America from Belize, um, became a, a Jehovah's Witness that took okay. RW Champot crusade. Yeah. And so I know there's a lot of conversation, and I know that you spoke to the concept of um, you know, Catholics and Christians being in in you know, friends together, or yeah. Catholics being Christians. Can yeah. you can you can you expound on that and talk on that a little yeah, bit? Yeah.
1: So so there's a misconception. In regards to the fact that like Catholics aren't Christian. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, so I'll clear that up real quickly. So okay. first off, um, Christianity is founded on the reality. Uh, ultimately Christianity is something that the Lord does versus something that we do. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I'm Christian, first and foremost. We're all Christian by the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit literally, like, transforms us, what? Into sons of sons and daughters of God, right? He literally comes in, transforms us into a new creation, right? That we actually are able to be made into the person of Jesus Christ, right? I'm Christian because, first off, well, I'm baptized. Yeah. And, gift of faith. and then second, I follow the Lord. Yeah. I follow Jesus Christ himself, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, yeah. right? That, that's what I'm a Christian because I'm following the Lord, um, first and foremost. And so, when we're dealing with that, the reality is, like, when, I'm, when I begin to say Catholic, mm-hmm. I begin to actually speak of something different, yeah. right? Um, and so that's one of the first things is, is Catholics are Christian, yeah. uh, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And so the best way to speak about the reality Catholic is this. So the term Catholic, well, it didn't come until later on. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, Because the term Catholic ultimately means universal, Okay. the fact is the Great Commission, Jesus Christ said, hey, I want you to go everywhere, go to all nations everywhere, because, listen, every single human person needs the same saving gospel, the same saving truth in the name of Jesus Christ. And I want every single human person to be saved. So I want you to go to every single place in this entire world and proclaim my name. When the apostles did this and then their disciples did this and they kept moving, by the time we could actually say in the world that, wow, the Christian faith has been universalized, meaning that the Great Commission is actually taking place where you could go to any country. And you would be able to hear the same gospel, the same truth proclaimed as Christ proclaimed it over 2000 years ago, the same scripture proclaimed in maybe a different language, but yet it's the same gospel, right? Because again, if this gospel is saving, you got to make sure that it's not tampered with, right? I mean, you get a wrong gospel, that could be an issue. And so the reality of Catholic is the fact of the gift of the church has been able to proclaim that. In Jesus Christ, we've been able to actually create something universal now. It's now the faith is universally able to be received because that's Jesus Christ's desire. He didn't want this for a certain like generation or a certain people. He wanted all people universally. So the church, right, uh, the Christians, right, they, they're able to actually recognize and move to a place of, hey, we, we've been able to proclaim the fact this Christianity is now universal. Right, where where we have been able to reach a point where we can say, like, we're, we're going to, we're global. I think that's the biggest thing. Catholicism is like, we're global. We got global evangelization. That's what we're doing. We're here for every single human person. So I'm a Catholic Christian. I am a global man desiring to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ to all nations.
5: But you said something that was very, um, that really struck a chord, and it has kind of been um, in the vein in which Holy Spirit has had me um, talking about with the community that you know, my husband and I have the privilege to do life with in our church. And it's just been about the power of our words, and you know, mm, how to use yeah. our words, and. Um, how would you say that, you know, how we use our words or how we watch our mouth um, or the power of our words on social yeah. media should be, you know, used? Or how should we be effective as leaders, yeah. leading people to know Jesus Christ as their personal yeah. Savior and as Lord? How, how can we use that more yeah. effectively? So
1: that's a great question. So honestly, um, so this question, this, if this answer is going to be based on Ephesians four twenty nine and 30. So in Ephesians 4, 29 and 30, the Lord Jesus speaks about, or St. Paul actually speaks about that. Let no foul language uh, come out of your mouth, but only that which is to the building up or the edification of another, so that it may impart grace to them, right? That's verse 29. So the reality is the fact that when I speak a word, right? Because the fact is our words have an effect. People don't, they might not realize that, but no, when I speak something, right? I mean, remember, God's creative, okay? Mm -hmm. God spoke and things come into existence. We are made in his image and we are completely redeemed by Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. into his likeness. And so I have the ability, right, of being able to speak and have a real power with my words. Why? Well, because I'm made in the image and likeness of God, Mm -hmm. right? And he has that creative power. Mm -hmm. And so when I speak something, right, there's an intention. Mm -hmm. And when I speak it out into existence, that intention can actually come into existence, Mm -hmm. right? Um, If I'm smart speaking evil things over people's lives, I better be really careful because that intention of something evil, right, can actually come upon that person, which is why the Lord's like, listen, don't let any foul language. Why? Because when you speak something that's building up of the body, it imparts my grace, my life, right? So when I'm speaking a blessing over someone's life, when I'm speaking the good things over people's lives, what I'm doing is I'm actually giving them an ability to encounter Jesus. Yeah. Right? and grace, the life of God transforms. Mm-hmm. But just as much as I speak a blessing over someone's life and it imparts grace, yeah. what's gonna happen when I start speaking curses over people's that's lives? Come right, on. that's gonna begin to affect that's right true. people's lives. So absolutely the fact is like, man, we gotta we should only be speaking a word that is to edify, to build up our brothers and sisters, right? The fact is Jesus Christ desires that the body be a mature body. Come right? On. To oh. in stature, yeah, which actually means right. we're not That's yet. Right. right? We're actually to participate to allow us to come into matureness. Yeah. Um, and a part of that is for the sake of how we use our words. That's and right. now I think this next verse never gets spoken about. Um, and it's really huge. Come so on. So it says, um, and do not grieve the Holy I'm Spirit for it. Come with on. the one that you were sealed That's with. It. Right. So, what that means is this. So, he's talking to Christians. Yes, he is. You're, That's right. You're speaking evil over someone who's been anointed. No, 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 Now, granted, we're not to be called to speak evil over anybody's life, but the fact is, you are grieving, right? And this is interesting. I don't think we, we recognize that, like, I can actually hurt the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? They're persons. Okay. Like, I can't have a personal relationship with a rock because it's a rock. It's not a person, but I can have a personal relationship with God, father, son, and Jesus Christ and Holy spirit. The Holy spirit is a person. He wants me to have a relationship, which means I can affect the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. Right. And and, and Elizabeth, Don't grieve him, which make him sorrowful. Like what? Because the Holy spirit is in this new creation that you're speaking against. With the same Holy Spirit that has baptized you, you're using your word to speak evil against that same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead and anointed that person in front of you. My goodness, that grieves him. That grieves our Lord, you know, because we, this is, it's, it's no joke. It's, it's not, just not, you know, um, not and it, it actually pains my heart a lot um, mm-hmm. of how good we are of being able to hurt each other. Yeah. Um, how good we are of like speaking evil over people's lives. And it's like, do you not know? That God himself chose by the power of his son, Jesus, to die and pour forth all his blood upon the earth that he created for the sake of you being able to have the spirit of you being able to be redeemed in a new creation. And you're utilizing that gift that you never deserved against them. Wow. Like my good stop. And here's the hard part. Like this is the main reason why Jesus is super clear. He's like, you need to pray for those who persecute you why? Because, so this is also a really good principle to know. Um, we are, we're, since we're anointed of the Lord and we're living lives of faith, when you're living a life in prayer life with the Lord and you're really growing your relationship, there's a protection. There's no question about it. Right. Cause listen, when I speak evil over people's lives, if I'm speaking evil of a person who's anointed, that's going to come back upon me. Like, that is not going to touch that person because they are protected and they're living a life of the Lord. Now, if we're living contrary to the Lord, which means we're losing protection, well, that evil can actually affect us. But here's the thing, those people that are speaking against us and we're living for the Lord, the Lord's like, you need to pray for them. Why? Because the reality is like, like I'm merciful, but you can't do that.
4: Wow. There is is
1: flat out. He says uh, like the Lord is not to be mocked. No, you shall reap what you sow. That out. Because again, we're mocking the Lord. We're mocking the Lord and the Holy Spirit. Like, I've been given a power. We've been given a power in the Holy Spirit, and I'm choosing to mock him by speaking evil over somebody's life. The Lord is not to be mocked, and we shall reap what we sow. Please keep blessing. Please pray for them. You got to bless them. You got to speak why. Because if you don't, right, you never know. Maybe Uh. they're going to experience God's justice and his mercy. But the reality is, like, he's like, please pray. Please pray for them. They know not what they do, but they need my mercy right now. They need this because if they don't, they'd be messing with my sons and my daughters, and I don't like that. I'm not going to have that. You know, so there always is a consequence. Um, And the Lord asks us to participate. Of hey, don't 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 like move into that reality of hate and evil. Don't take vengeance. Leave vengeance for the Lord. Vengeance is mine, right? I will repay. Right? Um, I'm not to take it into my own hands. Um, The Lord will take care of that. Why? Because I'm a son. You come up against me, you're coming up against the Lord. I'm like, don't work like that. The reality is, two is always greater than one. So if I'm with the Lord, I'm good to go. He'll take care of me. But I still need to recognize that that one has come up against me and the Lord. Wow. And, yeah. and if, if that person doesn't repent or give an opportunity to repent, there's going to be a real consequence. <clears throat> and, um, As much as the person may have hurt me, I don't want them to experience um, the fullness of that consequence.
5: Um,
1: If I could be able to pray a blessing upon their lives and love upon their lives um, and that they would only experience maybe partially the consequence for the sake. And again, there's a consequence for the sake of conversion, not for the sake
4: of the
1: sake of them being able to come back to the Lord. Uh, And you've you started
0: to talk about it already. And uh, it's that it's a concept of cancel culture especially yep. on social media yeah. um, and that we, you know, if we make a mistake, you're immediately canceled. Yeah. You're immediately gone from my, either my personal relationship mm-hmm. existence yeah. or e- e- e out of the, out of the media, out of the public, you know, you're mm-hmm. got you're banished away. Mm-hmm. And I think there, there's gotta be a, an account for the forgiveness of God in there. And I'm not mm-hmm. sure that we are addressing, you yeah. know, our reactions that way in the right way. What would you speak to that?
1: Well, I mean, it's really interesting, too, actually, in the next verse in (laughs) in Ephesians 4, uh, 31, St. Paul actually talks about, um, like, do not uh, have any, like, like, like rivalries, basically. And the word actually means to criticize, Um, like, don't judge. Um, And we're really good at judging people. And a lot of times hurt people judge people. Because they struggle to actually love who they are. And so they try to find validation in tearing somebody else down, right? So they can feel better about themselves. Because the reality is that they actually looked inside their heart and the lives that they're living, they probably don't like what they see. So judgment is actually a reaction to take focus off the person. Right. So so it's a, it's an effect of a sickness that they don't actually want to deal with. Right. And so they'll project right things upon somebody else. So they'll they'll divert the attention. It's like a um it's called like demonic misdirection, right? So like the evil one's trying to redirect something, mm-hmm. right? at another person for our focus to be upon them so that we don't actually look at the reality of our own heart that Jesus wants to convert, uh-huh. that Jesus wants to touch, that Jesus wants to heal. Um, and we're so quick to judge as if we know people, as if we know their hearts. I'm so I don't know your heart. Like, I just don't. Like and the floor said like, uh-uh, like I love St. Paul. St. Paul's so good, right? He's talking about like, I don't even judge myself. Now I got nothing on my conscience. I don't even judge myself. Right. Like the Lord will judge me. Right. And and, and the fact is, I mean, I, like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what, what just happened. I don't know what happened five minutes ago. I don't know what's going on in heart right now. What's going on in the conversation. I have no ability. Now, I might be able to judge an action, right. but I can't judge a person. So there's a difference. I think what that, happens
4: that's what you is, is,
1: is yeah. like I can like you can't judge an, a characteristic of like the person, so to speak. But I can judge an effect or something that they do. Right. Um, So again, I want to be careful. Think about it. Like, I'll be honest. I am not. I am not a fan of we call each other sinners. I'm not what I do. I'm sorry. Like, I am not a sinner. I'm a beloved son of God who has the capacity to sin flat out. I have a capacity to sin. I am not. When I look in my father's eyes, my my papa looks at me and he's like, you are my beloved son flat out. You are my beloved son. So when I look at somebody and I'm like, you are this, you are that. I am sorry. That is not how my papa looks at that person. Uh Uh-uh. Like the reality is we write people off way too fast. And the fact is God doesn't. God doesn't write anybody off. It doesn't matter what they've done. I mean, this is the whole point. If he wrote people off, he never would've came. If he wrote people off, Jesus never would have came. He never would have died. It would, you know what? If God wrote people off, Jesus died in vain, flat out. And I'm telling you right now, Jesus did not die in vain, but he died that every single human person with every breath they have in their lungs has an ability to be redeemed has an ability to be able to turn back to the Lord. And if they turn, they open their heart and call Jesus Christ as Lord. Boom. They shall be saved. I don't care. I don't care if a man has been living completely unfaithful their entire life. And the last moment of their life, they receive Jesus Christ, I'd be like, thanks be to God. I welcome you into the kingdom. Come,
2: yeah. I'm glad you all brought it up because I think there is so many people that are shaming people. I mean, we yeah. need to stop this stuff. I don't mean this wrong. Yeah. I never saw Jesus shame, even people who you and I would have maybe judged. What did he say? Yeah. Any of you who are without sin, cast the first stone. What they all had to do, they had to drop their yeah. stones. And I feel like I'm begging all of us as Christ followers to fall on our faces. Before mm-hmm. a heavenly father and say this shaming stuff, people are not, we may not all agree on the same thing. Yeah. You know what? Let's love one another. Let's ask mm-hmm. each other why do you feel that way? Let's seek to understand. But this stuff of yeah. shaming and making people feel awful. Mm-hmm. Come on, this is not Jesus. I, this is the opportunity to be hand feet of Jesus. And I love what you're saying.
1: I appreciate I affirm that. Absolutely. You know, you're talking about the adulterous woman, right? When the Lord's like, hey, like he who casts first, he who like has no then cast the first stone, right? And the interesting part is only Jesus could actually throw stones, right? The only one that could actually throw stones. And what's interesting is the Lord doesn't throw stones. His hands aren't full of stones. I think we forget that his hands are full of blood. His hands are full of scarred, like they're nailed, right? There's holes in his hands, right? He drops to rocks and he has hands that are full of blood, right, for, the, for that person, you know? And uh, we have a culture that is so good at feeling like ashamed, beat up, um, broken, And uh, also, Christians misrepresenting who Papa is. And, And they don't want anything to do with Christianity because of a false representation, because we've had rocks in our hands and not blood. Think about, could you imagine what that must have been like for the woman, right, the adulterous woman? She's literally caught in the act of adultery, embarrassed in front of every single person, and yet the love upon Jesus' eyes and says, my daughter, I find no fault in you. Get up and sin no more. Dang right she's going to have a crazy amount of love for the Lord and do whatever he wants, right, because she was the only one that looked at her in the midst of her sin and was like, I find no fault in you. You are my daughter. I love you. I ain't looking at your sin. I'm looking at you. That's the biggest thing. we be looking at sin and we place it upon the person. I'm sorry. My papa don't look at what I'm doing. He look at me first. He then can address the sin after he look at me. He affirms me as his son first and foremost, and then he can move to the my action. But when we begin to take an action and we place it upon the person to make it who they are, we're not looking at them the way the Lord looks at them. Because if, we, because if the Lord looked at it that way, he would never be giving mercy to anybody.
4: Yeah for God so loved the world. I think we yeah. think, for God was so frustrated with the world that he sent his son to fix it. For God was so angry with the world that he sent his son. For God was so flabbergasted with the world. You know, that's kind of how we sometimes think when we have that, mm-hmm. I'm a sinner, saved by grace approach. I feel the same way as you do, Father, about that. I love how you said that God so loved yeah. the world it's that true. I sent his only begotten son. And that was actually, guys, yeah. you know, I teach on the Torah portions. That was the yeah. Torah portion for this weekend that God's mm. love of the world that he sent his only begotten son, that believe on him. will not be condemned. That's yeah. the other side of it. And yeah. yet we forget so often yep. Jesus' words, we forget judge not lest you be judged. Yeah. I oftentimes think about how do we look past that? How do we mm. look past the fact that he told us in the Lord's prayer to forgive, you know, forgive our trespasses as we forgive that's, those who trespass against us. That's
1: so challenging.
4: Did we forget? You know, for that's
1: actually like so. Grace. You're actually telling the Lord, mm-hmm. "I want you to forgive me to the extent that I'm willing to forgive somebody else." Yeah, what you're saying in the prayer. Lord, I want you to forgive me to the extent Whoa. that I'm willing to forgive the person that hurt me the most. And if I'm not willing to forgive them, I'm also telling you that I'm, then you don't yeah. need to forgive. Those
2: are yeah, <laughs> yeah but you know what? That's a great point right there because the Bible says that He can't forgive us if we have not forgiven others. Right? He can't even hear us if we have not forgiven others. It's yeah. always grace first. I love Amen. that. And I mean,
1: it's so you were talking about John three sixteen. I think people forget about John three seventeen, which says He did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to Amen. save the world. Right? Which means that salvation is first, condemnation is last. I think we forget the fact that listen, if you have been washed in the blood of the Lamb, you don't own your past anymore. That's His which means in Jesus Christ, there is no condemnation. Why? Because he owns my past. That's not mine anymore. Right? If I've really been forgiven in the Lord, my past don't exist. Right? People all the time be talking about, you know, I'm constantly saying, I'm saying, I'm going to the Lord and asking forgiveness for the same thing and the same thing. I'm like, listen, actually, it's not the 500th time you're going to the Lord. It's the first time, because if he's truly forgiven you, he don't remember. It's the first time. And we look at all these people and we say, I forgive you, I forgive you. But yet we'll just bring up their past constantly and we'll judge them Look them. If I'm not willing to f- truly forgive somebody from my heart and live as if what they did, like it can still affect me, but I can't bring it up. If I'm willing to bring up someone's past and shame them in the present, I'm telling the Lord that I am letting you take my past and shame me in the present. We can't get
3: to heaven. Heaven comes down. You know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of us are looking for this escapism and we forget that that's all made up. Mm-hmm. um everything in scripture points to the new jerusalem actually coming yeah. down and god redeeming amen, um, amen. And i think that speaks into some of our conversation on cancel culture but i think the one thing i just wanted to say just thankful for you for also not forgetting this generation that's out there now um i read and hear so many people giving up on gen z or so many of us who are like oh i'll never use social media because it's so evil and blah 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 um and I'm, I'm i'm inspired i think that's really really good i think that If that's where the people are and we're supposed to be the light and we're running from it, you know, um, that's more about our own safety than than doing kingdom work.
4: So if there's something you'd like to do to say to lead people to know the Lord uh, before we close this out, I think that would be marvelous. Yeah. Honestly, so, uh,
1: you know, there's something so beautiful about the reality of a relationship with the Lord. It's a relationship that doesn't have limits. Which means I can receive the Lord Jesus more and more in my life. And, you know, I think what would be awesome right now is why don't we just like really invite people to pray a prayer of salvation? Amen. Right? You know, Amen. listen, if anyone's out there, if you're watching, right? And if you've been touched by this conversation or you, you've you kind of felt the Lord put it on your heart, you know, or, you know, maybe you just feel ashamed. Maybe you just feel that you're not good enough. You're not worthy, you know, um, that, that maybe. The Lord would just look at you and punish you and you know, and but your whole life you've longed to being able to feel love. This is your moment right now. I invite you, honestly, I invite all of you guys as well just to close your eyes. And, and if you want to even reclaim and to reproclaim the gift of Jesus Christ within your life to receive more and more and to allow his life to flow within you, I encourage you just to repeat after me. Honestly, if anyone's listening right now and you want to give your life to the Lord, you want to be able to say, Lord, I want to live for you in a new way, whether it's your first time or this is the 50th year that you've been living for the Lord. Let us just call forth his, his power and his love and his mercy upon our lives. And so right now, I just, anyone, right now, I just encourage you right now, to repeat after me these words. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe in your salvation. I know that you suffered and died on the cross for my sins, that you rose on the third day you, Father, to give me life, that you call me to a place of relationship with you. And I ask, Father, that you come into my heart this day, that you bring with you Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Make me a new creation. For I know and believe in your forgiveness and in your mercy. And I ask, Father, from this day forward, that you would help me refrain from anything that would keep me separated from your everlasting love. Amen.
4: Yes. I
1: I think
0: as well as everyone else could, I mean, you could feel the Holy Spirit coming mm-hmm. out of the computer that we're doing today. I mean, you could just feel that presence on this whole broadcast. And I'm so grateful for Father Frankie coming mm-hmm. and joining us today. I mean, there's just too much that you've said to talk about at all, but I just went, Oh, 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 so many times. And uh, I, I I know we're going to look back in a couple of years and go, Oh, remember when he came on our program and he's, all around the world and everything. And I can't wait for that to happen, but check them out on TikTok, check them out on Instagram, check them out on YouTube. And the Life Starts Here app. We'll see you next time on The Full Life. Thank you so much for joining us today.